Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Hey, Mikey, if you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey, popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Welcome to The Sportive. I'm John Marthaler. We are doing a little different of an episode tonight. Normally, we've got Brandon and Stu and and Chicken that are all here to talk about sort of Minnesota sports in general terms. Tonight, we this is our Gopher football preview, and I think it's fair to say that I am the most interested in Gopher football of anybody on the podcast. So rather than bore Brandon and Stu and chicken with one of my patented 65 minute speeches uh, that we usually reserve for important topics like Minnesota United or the rugby world cup tonight. I'm we're, we're going to get, we're going to get a couple of fellow sickos uh, to talk over football this year uh, with me tonight. Dave, my brother, my brother, Dave is here. Say hello, Dave. Hi. We, we reference Dave often, but he doesn't get a chance to fire back as often as you should. So tonight, he's got Gopher football hot takes, he's got conference realignment hot takes, and he's got some horrible things to say about the guys you're usually on the podcast. So you can look forward to that. And also joining us, our, our longtime friend, another fellow Gopher football sickle, also a Nebraska football sickle, but mostly a Gopher football sickle, our friend Shmuel. Let's have an elite podcast today. It's going to be an elite time. Shmuel is in charge of acronyms. The acronyms don't stand for anything, but they're just sentences that have been shortened in into only first letters of things and we'll interpret them from there also he is running a system of schmool bucks that are mimicking the fleck coins that we can use to get in and out of things so during the podcast look for look for schmool to give us sort of demerits and we'll have to what did what did what was fleck accused of punishing people with I don't remember uh, this. The story was like three weeks ago, and I've already uh, forgotten it. I, I feel like it was something like they were punished with extra conditioning or something. Where The the way it was written in the story made it sound like, you know, they were tortured. Mm-hmm. But I think they had to run extra sprints. And I know I. Which I has never it, been done in football. Right, right. I heard yeah, yeah. some yeah. former players laughing at the idea that it was somehow controversial that you made guys who missed practice run sprints. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like my understanding from the story and I, I did read the story. It wasn't like Batman where they just snapped a pool cue in half and made people fight to the death. And the only the person who lived got to stay. It was like, Oh, you got in trouble in class. You have to run extra sprints. And every football player who ever played football in between the seventh grade and college was like, yep. That sounds right, actually. I'm I'm surprised the number of 
the number of people who ever wrote that article were willing to get the number of people that he got to say, oh, that's that's terrible. They had to do extra conditioning. Well, I as far as I understood, that's sort of the deal. I am an old person, so it's important to note that I don't know what football is like now at the college level or the high school level. And I mean, like, I, I think it's worth <laughs> noting constantly that, like, nobody involved in a college football program is a nice person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I I think I, I said this over text, but people are confused by PJ Fleck sometimes because he does all the intense talking with too much smiling. That means like either insurance sales or football coaching. Um, and he, he uses lots of acronyms and he seems high energy and therefore people think he's some kind of fun players coach, which he absolutely is not. <laughs> no, he, he is, I mean, he is as old school as you, you'd, you'd like. It's like, I've, we've, we've said it before on this podcast. You cannot be a good person and be the head coach at a division one football school. It's like saying you can't be a good person and be the CEO of a fortune 500 company. It's just not possible. There's too much backstabbing that has to go on and too much horrible treatment of people around you and people beneath you for you to get that high. You can be sort of a good person. You don't have to necessarily be an evil person, but you can't be entirely a good, selfless, humble person to get that high you have to have the ego this probably goes for a lot of things the president yeah. of the united states whatever else you're not gonna you're not gonna reach that level without being a lunatic right but e- even in that category i'm pretty sure the uh, pj flack would list his coaching mentor and possibly idol as greg Schiano. so that should <laughs> tell you pretty much everything you need to know he's that Schiano. is Schiano back <laughs> yeah, at rutgers got... did i see yeah, he's right? back at, he's back at rutgers are they still Luciano and, uh, and Trestle is like his other his other yeah. mentor who has his old uh, right. Now it could be it could be Urban right. Meyer. It could be the <laughs> Urban Meyer coaching tree. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so that's twenty minutes on PJ Fleck, but it, uh, let's kick it off. Let's let's start. Let's start at the beginning with the new. We're gonna go. We're gonna go down the roster a little bit. We'll start with the quarterback. We'll go down the roster a little bit later. We'll get into the schedule. We'll get some predictions. But starting with probably the most important guy on any football team, the quarterback this year is Ethan Kalik Manis, or as every uncle in all of Minnesota will call him Meli Kaliki Maka. Is, is that in fact what they will call him? Well, <laughs> I assume I, I, I don't know what else you would do for a nickname, but I, I assumed it was going to be something, just imagine... like, something like <laughs> Arthur Campbell or <laughs> no, it's that's basically, not that's not nearly that that's not nearly stupid enough. I think Meli Kalikimaka is going to be where okay. we're going. I feel like any announcer or uh, any person that's talking about the Gophers that has like a week to prepare and read the name still gets it wrong. Uh, <laughs> so I think I think we're uh, we're in for a you, long season. You heard for the, uh, you heard the pause family. in my voice. Yeah. The, the yeah. pause as I was about to say, Ethan Kelly. Kallig- <laughs> <laughs> Number I, one, I'm going to start calling him Nathan Kalligmanis because Ethan is right. just a silly name. But yeah, I, I think what you will hear on broadcasts is you'll hear clear evidence that the people doing the commentary spent a lot of their week practicing saying Ethan Kalyakmanis. And so they will use it 
too much. Like, yep. oh, there's Ethan Kaliakmanis with the handoff to some guy. <laughs> it's like me finding excuses to say Bongo Kukle Kolangwane for Minnesota United. I, I practice so much that I just want to break out and say Bongo Kukle as many right. times as I can. I was genuinely mad that people started calling him Bongi. Like, no, you got to put in the work. For once, I know how to pronounce somebody's name, and I'm going to keep using it. Never mind that I'll never get the former Tim Rules coach, who I always pronounce Rick Ottleman. I literally—it's uh, wrong, but I literally can't. I don't know what his actual name is now because I've said Ottleman so many times because Dave and I grew up with somebody named Ottleman. Yeah, I I can't remember. All I know is that you always got it wrong, and I don't want to try. Yeah, uh, I'm <laughs> making fun of myself here. But we start with Calig Manis. He's a junior. The the I think he's a junior. These years mean nothing anymore. Um, right. He's in some year. He's somewhere between a freshman and a senior. And <laughs> I feel like people are. At the end of the year, he, he got in for Tanner Morgan, who was into his 15th year of eligibility. He played a few games down the stretch last year. He looked pretty good. And since then, it has gone from, I think he will be the starter. And it has really grown into, if he's not in the NFL this time next year, it'll be a tragedy of scouting because he's clearly the best quarterback the Govers have ever had. It really seems like it's really grown. I don't know. Are you guys seeing that same thing? I he did seem like he improved down the stretch, but that was also a function of starting against Penn State and then playing increasingly worse teams as the year went on. Right. Like I don't. Well, he gets to play Nebraska again at the start of the year, so <laughs> that's got to be good for him, right? No one can tell. Nebraska's got another new coach. Matt Rule is a pretty good coach, except in the NFL, but he was good at Baylor. So, was he the guy at Baylor where no he was he was no he was after that <laughs> yeah. he was after the murder cover up guy that that was a basketball team but yeah after after oh. the after the murder cover ups and the hey just about everybody on this team has committed at least one sexual assault and that was Art Bryle who was like yeah you're gonna have some of that. <laughs> boys will be boys. John Voight and Varsity Blues. Blah blah. <laughs> yeah, blah. right. Yeah. yeah, I was I was wondering, John, when you know before you you did the whole uh, 15 year starter Tanner Morgan. If we're gonna have to go through another year of every announcer talking about how many years Tanner Morgan played quarterback uh, before the start of every Gopher game, I guess this year we're gonna have to go through that. But uh, now I, I, I'll just I'm talk ex- about how well Tanner Morgan made 79 consecutive starts for the Gopher oh, football team. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll hear all about it. I, in terms of the quarterback, obviously, like after the Wisconsin game, I think we were all very excited. I can't remember the last time we had a 300 yard passing performance <laughs> from a quarterback, but I feel like in listening to Fleck and just what we know about the team. I still think we're going to probably throw the ball like 15 to 20 times a game. Still, <laughs> oh, if, if, so, that. if that, so it's going to come down to in those very few throws, if he completes them or not, because it's not like they're just going to open it up and pass more. And I mean, again, flex just telling you outright that basically <laughs> from all the press conferences, he's like, we're not going to change who we are. Even when we had Bateman and Johnson, we yeah. still only threw 35% <laughs> of the time or whatever it is. So uh, I, yeah, I, I think we, we should all know what we're getting into, which is, you know, yeah. it's, it's going to be a lot of, a lot of, uh, RPO with the, uh, 
the emphasis on the R. And uh, but I guess the nice, thing is, actually, yeah, the nice thing is we'll actually be able to to hold on to the ball and run it a little bit too, which Morgan, you know, rarely did. Which yeah, I think that's true. Kind of exciting. So <laughs> Tanner Morgan was the only quarterback in college football where you're like, whoa, you got to limit this guy's touching touches. His bones are old and creaky. It's like <laughs> an older Kirk Cousins. You can't get it. You can't move him out of the pocket. He's just he's a he's a danger to himself out there. He doesn't. He doesn't see well at night. You can't let him drive after the sun goes down. His kids take his and, keys away all the time. And I wanted to ask you guys this, like before we get into the roster and stuff with just mm-hmm. the current state of the program, right? Like, so we got, we're getting <laughs> nine or 10 wins, I guess the last three years. And obviously we play this brand of football, which is a very big 10 brand of football. Like, are you guys happy with where the program is right now? Like, I, are people asking for, for too much like where where do you guys sit in terms of like where the program is well i mean this is an inside joke between the three of us but we've had so many program defining wins over the past few seasons <laughs> that the, the the joke here for all the listeners is that every time the gophers win a close game no matter whether it's against eastern michigan or regular michigan we get a text from school that said is this a program changing win and so we're on to what did they have nine program changing wins last year yeah, the Syracuse one, I think, really, really set the yep. stage. The bowl yeah. game. Yeah. <laughs> Those bowl games have the potential to just change how a team looks the next season. Um, Dave, why don't you go first for that question? I think I, I people will be surprised to hear me say this, at least since I've been <laughs> oh, since no. I've been referenced as Pre- the prepare most yourselves. The most irascible man in the history of the universe on this podcast. Get ready, everybody. This is gonna um, be this is gonna be something else. I feel like the program is at a higher level than it's been since I was alive mm-hmm. and probably since the early seventies. In the sense that so you're saying are, PJ Fleck is a Cal Stoll for a new era. <laughs> I, I would even put him above Cal Stoll. No, Ooh. I, 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 I th- yeah, bold, bold takes here. Bold the, takes. This, this podcast now has an E rating. I'm sorry, everyone. The mildest I don't know, jalapeno. I don't know who that time. is. Yeah, yeah n- no one does. They're, the, <laughs> our listeners over 50 are are like over 50 over 65 yeah okay anyone anyone who's still work in the working world and me are the only people who knew what that meant um but i think they are in they are consistently in the top 40 probably in the top 30 in the nation they play consistently good defense which to me is confusing and strange and i cannot yet get my expectations working properly for that yeah like, there was like 20 years in there where that never happened you know look you asked if i was looking at the fancy stats ratings at all john yeah the fancy stats ratings that i was looking at the projections for this year the gophers are projected to have the ninth ranked defense in the country no way no that, that that is partly a function of playing several like offensively non-functional teams every year but <laughs> thank you but, big 10 west yeah thank you big 10 west but still the fact that the gopher defense is not a total liability that makes me want to cry is again something i'm still getting used to and probably will get used to for a while like i i don't know 
what to do with the defense when confronted with a third and 14 is not going to give up a 75 yard touchdown on third and 14 in a key situation like that. That used to be on a running play to the full. Yeah, you could, you could honestly set your watch to it. Like what's going to go wrong here. Yeah, um, under, under Tim Brewster, there were a few years where it looked like three or four make a wish kids were playing at all times <laughs> on the defense. Well, yeah. I mean, Tim Brewster, like he and his whole staff didn't do any coaching. Like they, they just did a lot kinda, of yelling. They threw they threw the playbook in, did a lot of yelling, and then in the press conference came up with ways to blame the players for not knowing how to execute the seven hundred and fifty page playbook. <laughs> Incidentally, yeah, he's Jed Colorado the, now, isn't he? I probably yes, he is. <laughs> yeah. What's he Perfect. doing on what's he doing on the Colorado staff? Well, I think he's still a tight ends coach. <laughs> yeah, he's he's back sure. to like tight ends coach and recruiting <laughs> yeah. coordinator. Water, oh, water, gosh. water finds oh. its own level, and so does Brew. Joel Maturi got a building named after him. <laughs> he hired a tight ends coach to be a head coach, who then immediately, after leaving Minnesota, immediately went back to being a tight ends coach for the rest of his life. I mean, I think John Gutekunst is still a special assistant somewhere. <laughs> like. John Gutekunst Sr., he can't be alive still, can he? Right. Well, that's what Wikipedia is for, isn't it? Ooh, this is looking up Goody facts. Because <laughs> Brian Gutekunst, who is the Packers guy, is his son, right? Yes, he is. <laughs> so, <laughs> Okay, John Gutekunst was last the defensive analyst for East Carolina in 2017, it says here. <laughs> and... Mm. This is this is Wikipedia, so it's probably wrong, but I love that someone put it. He is now the head ranger at Wilbrook Plantation Golf Course in Pauley's Island, South Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. So, so I know in the ranks of former Gopher head football coaches, we've got one golf ranger, one tight ends coach, um, mm-hmm. the coach in New Mexico State, and poor Jim Wacker, the nicest man alive, is gone. Uh, yeah, departed this earth. You can you can really look at this job as a stepping stone to something bigger. <laughs> <laughs> that that's a, that's like the threat for Gopher head coaches. Like once you once you get fired, you stay fired. <laughs> I know. Every time every time we have a half decent head coach, it's like, well, what if he leaves for this job? And then all of them end up as a Walmart greeter two years after they leave <laughs> the Gopher football. I don't know. What happens if somebody steals good news? He never coached another team after he left. He was just done with coaching, out of it forever. Oh. Mike Leach, but Dave, your, your comment Tech about him out of town. Your comment about the Gopher defense, like I, I, I do worry basically every offseason when we're going to lose Joe Rossi because he seems like I don't know one of the best D coordinators in the country. Again, just how to describe how he turned this defense around. I don't think anyone. He turned the defense that. around instantly. I don't feel yeah. like that gets talked about enough. In, who was the 20, guy who came before him? Rob Smith. Rob the dude's Smith, name was. With and Rob the, Gophers, the Gophers gave up like, it was something like 50 points three times and 40 points three other times. And they finally canned him. In the middle of the, the season, right? In the middle of the season. And the next week, the defense was good. And I still want to know. What did Joe Rossi change? What what, what was Rob Smith one, practicing? Yeah, what in one week of practice? Like, did 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 they show up on Monday morning and be like, "Okay, guys, 
we're going to try tackling. And the whole defense went, oh, tackling, and, like, wrote it down on their hand. <laughs> the whole the whole season, yeah. Rob Smith is standing there with a clipboard and a whistle and going, you know, blows a whistle, tweet. All right, everybody, line up. we got to make 50 extra points to get straight as a team before we can do any practicing. Everybody line up. Yeah. We're all I'm just picturing one, the note. One at a time. I'm picturing the notepad, like, uh, tackle equals good, touchdown <laughs> equal bad. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Like, they're, all, they're all looking at the wristbands like no touchdown is bad like pointing at it to each other all right everybody get your sharpie where it says touchdown equals good scratch that out and write bad <laughs> oh thanks coach so uh, yeah i don't know if like joe rossi is the greatest coach in the history of football or rob smith literally had never seen a football before or <laughs> i just don't understand it i i feel like the reason nobody has poached joe rossi at this point is because Everyone who looks at it is like, well, you know, Minnesota has really good defense. They're like, nope, no, that can't be right. No, I'm not sorry. A thing. Uh, that doesn't sound right yeah. to me. Well, anyway, so- I <laughs> I love that I love that Dave's answer veered off into belittling a former defensive coordinator for the Gophers. That's the kind of answer that we were looking for. Looking for from Dave. If we can somehow work in David Gibbs into this answer or Mitch Browning, <laughs> I would love to hear. Wow. Oh boy. But 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 anyway, generally the state of the program is that we beat Wisconsin three of the last five years. So things are good. Um yeah, I I agree with everything Dave said. I think the difference is we we lived through so many years of of Glenn Mason and even to a point Jerry Kill, although Kill was sort of the start of the improvement, where it was like, well, five and three is the best we'll ever do. And if we're three and five, that's no big deal. It it really feels like they bumped that up to five and four is eh, it's okay. And yeah, they have to be better than that in order for it to be good. And that it's a step forward that they never took for a million. I mean, they were terrible for a million years and then under Mason, they were mediocre. And then under kill, they sort of started eh, turning the wheels a little bit. Same with clays a little bit where it was a slight improvement of the level. And now it seems like they've taken that next step forward into they're not terrible all the time. They're not Illinois. all the, They're not Indiana all the time. Like for so many years, it was like Indiana's terrible. Northwestern's terrible, except somehow every 15 years, they're amazing. And they win the big 10. They've never gotten to that level where they've actually won anything important. That I think is the key the the key strike against Fleck that you have to say is that the level has been raised, but they've never actually gotten over that hump. I, they never they haven't beaten Iowa in forty five years or whatever. They they had that eleven and two year where they lost Iowa and Wisconsin, and it was like this is the worst eleven and two year I could possibly imagine. <laughs> this is awful. And so it's just there there's more expectations i feel like those expectations are less this year i feel like a lot of the conversation about the go about the football team is that they are that they've had a lot of turnover and that they have an impossibly hard schedule and so i think the expectations are much lower this year and in, in a way they were 9 and 4 last year if they went 9 and 4 again this year that would be a pretty good accomplishment that would be like a major step forward except it won't look like it because of the same record I, I think the other thing that affects the perception of the program is that the landscape of college football has changed and the landscape of the conference has changed mm-hmm. that 
the Big Ten is no longer winnable. Right. Like it, they it, no it's, the, there is no expectation that, oh, maybe if we put a run together and a good team together, we could challenge for a conference title. That's just not a thing. Like they're they're not playing the same sport as Michigan or Ohio State or Penn State or starting next year, USC and maybe Washington and Oregon. Like they're just at UCLA. Sorry, you suck UCLA. too. <laughs> you you get you got to do some things before I'll put you on that level, UCLA. But it, it's just that's it's not the same thing. It, it's not when you've got one team that as far as I can tell, like the NIL money coming into the gopher program is like, you know, I think a couple of the bars near campus kicking a few bucks. I, I, I don't know. And, and you know, Oregon, I, I really like, don't understand how NIL works, but I know we're not good at it. Yeah. I, they're, they're just, there isn't any versus, you know, Michigan and Ohio state are literally making, million dollar offers to recruits which is not the way this was supposed to work but that is the way it's working right now oregon has got phil knight writing checks what what are you supposed to do there there's a ceiling that used that used to feel like oh with a little luck maybe we can make a difference here that ceiling is now hard and fast you're not going above that level yeah i mean when when we were coming up, it was like, well, if you could somehow only lose two Big Ten games, there's a possibility that Michigan has a little bit of a down year. Ohio State is a down year. Everybody has two losses. Maybe you beat one of them. Maybe you get to seven and one. You're probably not going to run the table and go eight. No, but it's a possibility. Then that sort of transformed when they expanded the conference. That sort of transformed into, well, they might be able to win the Big Ten West. Not throwing out the legends and leaders years. You sort of looked and said, well, they might be able to win the West. The, the West isn't good. They can't They can't beat Michigan. They can't beat Ohio State. They can't beat Penn State regularly, although they've done all right against Penn State over the years. But winning the West seems possible. They can compete with Iowa. They can compete with Wisconsin, despite what I just said about losing to Iowa 45 years in a row. That, <laughs> that particular moment in time where they were competing against the Big Ten West, that was in in the history of gopher football going back to like the 1960s that was like the most appropriate level of competition minnesota has ever had in football competing against those other six teams uh, like they can't compete against michigan ohio state we know this they can compete against northwestern they can compete against illinois this is very this is a very winnable part and that is really going away it really is turning i i've been banging the drum about how Similar both historically and in the way they actually work, um, European soccer and college football are. I've been banging this drum for years, and it's never going to be more true than when you get the Premier League and La Liga of college football next year. In the Premier League, there are effectively five teams that can win it, six teams that can win it, and everybody else has no hope. It's like finishing seventh is a big achievement for Brighton or Burnmouth or whoever. That's going to be the way it is in college football. The chances of Vanderbilt winning the SEC, I mean, they were already zero, but now they're less than zero. Vanderbilt has no hope of ever winning a conference title. There are other, Missouri has no hope of ever winning the SEC. In the Big Ten, uh, the, in the Premier League, Minnesota's never going to win the Big Ten. 
Northwestern is never going to win the Big Ten again. It's just, it's not going to happen. Rutgers will never win the Big Ten. Maryland will never win the Big Ten. It's just, it's the way of the world. And so this is, this is in many ways the last year of college football. The last year of what we were used to. Next year is a whole different thing. Uh, nationally and even locally, it's going to be very different next year. This is the last year of anything. So if the Gophers are ever going to win anything, and I'm not saying they're going to, but it's got to be this year. And again, what they can win, and I, I think it's bizarre. I saw it pointed out somewhere that the last three years, if the Gophers had won one more particular game, they would have won the Big Ten West. Yep. Which that sure didn't seem possible 10 years ago. Thanks, Tim. Um, but uh, even then, what you're winning by winning the Big Ten West is the chance to get absolutely boat raced <laughs> in the first week which of is, December. In, in, which in is what happened every year. It was it, every I mean, year, same story. When it happened to yeah. other teams, it was hilarious. Don't get oh, me wrong. Oh, gosh. Was the, it Iowa that got beat 70 to nothing? No, uh, I don't remember what 10? that game turned out. No, that was that was ne- no, that was Nebraska that got beat seventy to something. Hmm. But the year the year Ohio State beat Wisconsin fifty nine to nothing, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, and I, I I feel like last year's was something like forty five to three, Iowa lost, and that was also cool. I mean, so but guessing was... from what guessing from what you guys are saying, I'm not feeling any upset predictions against Ohio State <laughs> and Michigan this year, huh? <laughs> It's it's. I feel like there are even ten years ago, it felt like a couple lucky breaks, a you know a fake punt at the right time or something, and you had a chance beating Ohio State. And now, you just it, it's not a thing that happens because Ohio State literally has three three squads of players that are better than anybody on the Gophers roster. And that that's not a knock on the Gophers roster. It's just the way recruiting is now. Yeah. I mean, like, Ohio state, they could probably play three big 10 games in a week, as long as they were against Minnesota, Northwestern and Indiana or something, just split squad it and just see if they can win all three and have a couple of weeks off. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, I, I, that's the way the biggest difference the thing that the big 10 west might come down to this year is that minnesota plays ohio state and michigan and iowa doesn't iowa doesn't have either one of them on the schedule Iowa's going to score 100 points for the season but they don't if they don't play anybody good i think they have to go to penn state but that's it it's just it, those different those schedule differences are going to make one of the biggest differences in the big 10 west because there's no i think a lot of people are picking iowa to win the big 10 west but I don't think there's a standout team, and I don't think even on the bottom, I don't know if there's a terrible team on the bottom. Who's the worst team in the West? Northwestern? Uh, I guess Northwestern. Northwestern. The whole school's in shambles right now. Well, if you this will be the quiz to see if you've been listening to Fleck or not in the offseason. Is it a hard schedule, or what is the term we use for the schedule this year? Uh, I think he said something about, like, it's a schedule that's full of opportunity. Oppor- the most opportunistic schedule, of right? Which is which is not yeah. what the word opportunistic means. Incidentally, <laughs> like that that's not that's not correct grammatically, nor is it correct about the schedule. Nothing about that is right. But he said it with, you know, 
in a in a slightly too loud voice while showing his teeth, and people are like, "Yeah, that's probably the way words work." <laughs> this schedule is full of opportunistic. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I see that we've gotten derailed from talking about Ethan Gallic Manus. Well, we got through one position group already. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> I do. I do want to say the the very the funniest thing about this about preseason so far is everyone saying. Well, you know, they've got Calic Manis. They might, they're probably going to throw the ball more. Like, they got pretty good wide receivers. They're going to throw the ball more. And then you got PJ Fleck, like, looking down the camera, being like, we're not going to throw the ball more. I don't want to throw the ball ever. We are going to run the wing T. This is never going to happen. Don't expect us to throw the ball. <laughs> you know, I, being a Big Ten West fan my whole life, I appreciate a good running offense. I appreciate that it seems like once you get it going, it's really hard to stop. I appreciate that there's not a lot of risk to it, and you can, you can just kind of turn your way down the field. Good heavens, the Gophers are boring to watch sometimes. <laughs> it's not even like it's not even like fun running plays like no. the option for Navy <laughs> or whoever. Yeah. It's the, just the... <laughs> Mo Ibrahim line yeah. up and fall forward four and a half yards every time. Not, not only does their offense not have misdirection, it hardly has a direction. <laughs> it was just, okay, snap it to whoever and have them turn and hand it to Mo, and then, I don't know, maybe something good will happen. Moe's going to play six tackles and <laughs> everything will be fine. And he kept doing it. Is he in the NFL or did his leg fall off finally? <laughs> the dude had 42,000... He had 42,000 yeah. carries in college. I can't believe in I, this day I, and age I, of football that he got a, that he's going to get much opportunity. I mean, if, if he plays any NFL snaps, I assume at some point he's going to come to the sideline and just fall apart like the car at the end of the Blues Brothers. <laughs> you know, the I thing with the Gophers, too, like I, I, I hear you guys with the, yeah, it's not the most fun style to watch. The, the part that gets really frustrating is we if we ever get down two scores – yeah. It's basically you feel like it, you're down 35 or 42 to nothing mm -hmm. at that point. It's like seems almost impossible for us to be able to come back. So, again, hopefully, hopefully we can be a little bit more dynamic this year. <laughs> I guess we'll, we'll get into the plays and basically uh, uh, yeah, just going against well, everything we just talked about. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> I will say one of the big reasons I always. It, it seemed to me that one of the big reasons that Fleck always wanted to run the ball so much is that it is about the only way that you have of using the clock to sort of neutralize a talent disparity in football. Like if you can hold on to the ball and you can run the ball a lot, you can reduce the number of plays that your team runs and the other team runs. And so it has the potential to be like, well, it, they might be, they might have scored three touchdowns in the first half on their only three drives. And the Gophers could work out a touchdown and two field goals or something and stay in touch with the new clock rules. I feel like that's going to be even more attractive for PJ Fleck. The, the new clock rules for, for those of you, if you're, if you're listening to this podcast at this point, I have to believe, you know what the new clock rules are, <laughs> but for anyone who is just like listening to this because they like the sound of Minnesota accents or something, the new clock rule is it's like the NFL where the clock starts after keeps running with a first down until the last five minutes of the half or two minutes of the half. I can't actually remember. I think, I think two. So two. Yeah. Yeah. So it used to be the clock would always stop after a first down and now it's going to 
continue to run just like the NFL, which should take away, you know, 10 or 15 plays out of a game and make it so that a college football game can once again be played under three hours instead of the normal four and a half that it takes nowadays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. The style is going nowhere as long as flex here. And honestly, it's probably the way we need to play for all the things you guys talked about before when Oregon and USC come flying down yeah. here with their offenses and everything too, on top of all the other great teams. Yeah. We need to with slow it down and we got, we got to, we got to yuck, we got to yuck it up. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta like, We've uh, already yucked it up. It's not, like, <laughs> it, it's not like we can change more. I, the, the only, the only way to, the only way to yuck it up more is be like Iowa who plays that way, but without any kind of offensive talent. <laughs> it's funny that the gophers play this way and by far are not the worst team in the in the division to watch like watch (laughs) yeah iowa's like well we're gonna try to block a punt and recover in the end zone that's our only offensive play (laughs) it's the, the fascinating thing about iowa is they used to be like they occasionally had some good players on offense and would sometimes make a play. And then Kirk Ferentz hired his son as the offensive coordinator and everything went immediately to heck. And they have responded by continuing to extend his son's contract as the offensive coordinator. Oh, you hate my son. Well, guess what? He's hired through (laughs) 2029. Now (laughs) I'm going to pay him even more money. (laughs) It's some sort of reverse psychology, something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, what's that? Well, what's that? Did someone say something negative? Now he's extended through twenty thirty one. Keep it up. We can do this all day. Now he's co head head coach. You like that? Mm-hmm. See what I can do? I can do anything. I'm unaccountable to anyone. My Gosh, strength coach is trying to kill people. Oh, we them. really need to beat those guys. <laughs> that, that, that's the infuriating thing. Yeah. I was no good every single year, and we can't beat them, and neither can anyone else. What was what was the score last year's goal for? Was last year the year that it was like nine to six, and then Iowa returned a fumble for a touchdown or whatever? I I think it was like ten to seven or thirteen to seven. Yeah. So and some, I think we ran for like four hundred yards that game. Yeah. We literally had the ball the whole game, and somehow they won that thing. That was just crimes brutal. against football yeah. as usual. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Wait. Yeah. Uh, the the other fascinating story in the conference this year wisconsin is running the air raid <laughs> is it like yeah, a full-blown last. air raid apparently yeah like they got a, a bunch of 375 pound offensive tackles lining up out there Here we I, go, guys. I, I honestly like they got a bunch of transfers like transfer quarterbacks and receivers i just like wisconsin has been playing a very particular very horrible, very like football and fan hating way for more than 30 years. Mm-hmm. And it just, it, it feels it, what it reminds me of is the first year Tim Brewster was here when we said, when he said, we're going to run the spread and we only had two receivers who could catch. <laughs> and like once once a game they would throw to the one of the other receivers just to keep the defense honest except they would inevitably fumble <laughs> ah those were the days mm-hmm. and eventually one of those receivers wound up playing defensive back at auburn <laughs> and adam weber was murdered by the, his own the other the other like most extreme example of this is from my 
by a somewhat accidental, uh, like Nebraska fandom is mm-hmm. they went from the option to Bill Callahan. Right. Uh, like Running right West away. Offense. And, and so I don't know why people aren't picking up that you shouldn't just totally change who you are right away. <laughs> <laughs> it did, it did kind of feel like whatever magic Nebraska had passed out of their bodies and into Wisconsin's corpse and Wisconsin started recruiting a billion linemen from New Jersey and whatever Nebraska just lost the lost the Horcrux or whatever and they have never gotten it back ever since. <laughs> That's a really good point. You're onto something here. Yeah. That's right. Wisconsin is the new Nebraska. That's what I'm saying. And Nebraska <laughs> Nebraska is the new, I don't know, Ball State. Anyway, um who are our running backs this year? Do either of you guys know? Can you name the running backs on this Gopher football team. There one of them, man- I'll, I'll spot you Bryce Williams, who's also a 50 ah, Man, team. that was the one I was going with. <laughs> Do you remember, like, I, I still can't believe this. Bryce Williams and Muhammad Ibrahim got a bunch of carries because, like, Rodney Smith and, uh, what's his name? Shannon? Tellus Redman. Not Tellus Redman. I, uh, I forget Lawrence I forget. McKenzie. No, no, yeah. his first name is Shannon. I can't remember his last name all of a Shannon sudden. Brooks. Shannon Brooks, thank you. Shannon Brooks, yes. Yeah. <laughs> like literally those two got guys got hurt in 2018, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and so Bryce Williams and Mo Ibrahim got most of the carries that year. And now it's I think a decade later. <laughs> like it's literally six years later, and Bryce Williams is still here. He still I... can't move side to side. Has he transferred and transferred back? Like, are no. we in that scenario? No, he's just, he's, he's been here the whole time. He, he's just, he runs, he, he's kind of, he he'll, kind be, of runs. he'll be around five years from now. I'll be like, oh yeah, it's my COVID year. Bryce, I'm pretty <laughs> sure you said that like uh-huh. five, six times. You said before. already. Yeah. yeah you, don't, you, don't get eight, you don't get eight COVID years. He's like, well, I got COVID eight times. So I thought I had yeah. eight COVID years. I get a COVID year every time I get it. <laughs> Uh, Bryce Williams. He runs like Mo Williams, except it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, honestly, so not looking. Yeah, I didn't look at anything, so I can't I, tell you I, their names. I, I okay. just know that one guy's a transfer and one guy's a freshman. I, I, right. I, I believe the transfer is named Sean Tyler. Yep, I and think he's that's from right. he's from Western Michigan, and I gotta say, the people at Western Michigan have got to be getting pretty annoyed at this point. <laughs> Because <laughs> they're coach and they're like, all right, nothing been else gone for yeah. how long? Why? Why? Like, it's it does seem like we've gotten roughly twenty five transfers from Western Michigan over the last few years. I know, but even yeah. now, how long has Slack been here? Twenty nineteen. This is this is his, 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 no twenty seventeen right? was his first year. This is twenty seventeen. Year. Year. Yeah. and he's still like, well, call it up with Kalamazoo, Michigan. Oh well, who you got? Who's good? All right, um, can you? Send them the address for the transfer portal. They sound they sound like we could use them actually. Yeah. That's yeah, I can just picture they... the Western Michigan football coaches like, oh, why? Why? <laughs> why does it keep going after our players? Yeah, like you you realize there are other directional Michigans. There's, <laughs> there's a so central many other Michigan. There, there's You're a playing Eastern, one of them this year. There's 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 even a northern. <laughs> Because they do have three transfers from Western Michigan, I think this year is that right? It sounds right. Their best, their best running back and their best linebacker, something like that. Uh, it's pretty fun. I mean, 
being on this side of it is pretty funny. I, yeah, I <laughs> I assume there's a Western Michigan podcast being recorded right now where they're just furious about Minnesota stealing all their players. It's two hours of just banging on Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. that is the other thing that's very different than it used to be. Like it used to be that if your team was a lot of transfers, you really had to question like what are we doing in recruiting? How come none of our players are any good? Why do we have to have so many transfers? Is this Bill Snyder at Kansas state where everyone was a Juco under a transfer? And now everybody's team is like 65% transfers. Yeah. That's, that's just, that's very strange to the point when, when you have a guy that was recruited to your team and is still on your team, like three years later, you're like, that guy doesn't have any ambition. Yeah, he, he needs to move very on. Good. Yeah. Yeah. He needs to... <laughs> what do you mean he hasn't transferred to a better school? He must be yeah. terrible. All right, the other guy is Darius Taylor. He's the freshman. He is from Wald Lake, Michigan. Wald huh. Lake, as in a lake with many walls. As long as it has some Michigan connection, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't keep reading. He's from Western High School in Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> that that literally, yeah. Fleck just he he googled the wrong thing. Oh, he Western, just like, Mi- yeah, Western he, Michigan. He, he, oh, this guy's from Western Michigan. He must be good. <laughs> oh, that was Western High School. Yeah, he's still fine. Yeah, about good enough. Sign him up. <laughs> so, I will say for the running back position. Probably like how I think about offensive line now with the Gophers is like, I feel like whoever they plug in is going to be just fine and they're going to be productive and they're going to be good. Kind of like how we had it even back in like the Glenn Mason days. So I'm, I'm not like, I mean, I'll be curious to see how they do, but I, I just, uh, I almost take it as a given now just for, again, we would have like one running back hurt, two running backs hurt, three running backs hurt. And whoever came in, even if it was Bryce Williams that hadn't played in four years, he would pop five yards of carry because of that line and the system. So, yeah, I, I think I think it's okay that we don't know these guys. And we're I, I, out of all the positions, I'm I'm not I'm not worried about running back. Just uh, again, I just I think we're we're set up to just plug whoever in there, and it's gonna be it's gonna be fine. I'm glad you mentioned the offensive line because the Gophers do have to replace three guys who departed on the offensive line. I think it was both guards and John Michael Montgomery, uh, the center, who really did. I th- he was the he definitely was approaching. Did he actually set the record for number of starts for a Big Ten football team? I think he probably did at some point because he was up to in the into the sixties for the number of games he started because he was a six year senior. He's 31 years old and starting his career in the NFL this year, but they do have, they have Quinn Carroll who was a tackle last year and wasn't any good. And so they're moving him to guard and they have Ariante Ursary playing left tackle who apparently is quite good. I don't, I mean, offensive I, line and in, in depending of, on what other people say, but in, in terms of fun names to say, he's right up there with anybody else the Gophers have ever had. Um, that does bring up a good point. Would you like to say the name of the former Gophers defensive lineman who is now the Gophers defensive line coach? His first name is Winston. He's from Louisiana. <laughs> I'm not yeah. willing to attempt his last name. I, I assume because it's Louisiana, attempting to pronounce his name the way it looks will be extremely incorrect. So I think... 
the best thing to do is put on your best Ed Orgeron voice and say maybe two of the apparently 14 syllables. All right. Do you want to try it? I, I do all, not. Get your Ed Orgeron ready to go. Football. Football. Coach that's 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 my Orgeron imitation. He's just grunting lowly. You come yeah. for the go for football talk, people, but you stay for the Ed Orgeron impersonation. Yeah, if yeah. anyone called a Ed Orgeron at reference in this uh, podcast, that that's a heck of a call. Yeah, that's that's the free. Well, the free space is a Glenn Mason reference in this podcast. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I I did think to myself when. I found out we were going to do this show. You know, Dave, you could probably not talk about Glenn Mason anymore. (laughs) And then (laughs) two minutes later, you were ripping Rob Smith a new one. (laughs) Well, I've, I've, I've moved on, John. Rob Smith's been gone for five years. Glenn (laughs) Mason's been gone for 17 years. That's so many years. (laughs) Anyway. So I'm looking down the list of, potential replacements for go for the offensive line and they got it looks like two or possibly three guys who are in there who would be sixth year seniors and another couple who would be fifth year seniors so once again the gopher offensive line will be staffed by 26 year olds right it's really <laughs> gopher offensive linemen and north dakota hockey defensemen are the same age mm. exactly the same age same people uh yeah. all right i I'm feel gonna, like i'm, I'm gonna, gonna be I feel like I'm going to be doing a small infomercial for Fleck, but uh, in the program. But again, like with the offensive linemen and the development that we're doing, and you have all these upperclassmen that stuck around and they're here. Again, I I think we're going to be good. I I, I feel like we're not going to see like a huge drop off. I mean, obviously we, John Michael Schmidt's a huge uh, huge loss, but. Yeah, again, maybe maybe I'll be wrong, but I feel like we're still gonna they're they're gonna be solid and they're they've got like a good pipeline going with I, that. It, so. It's it's a little like you said though, as long as they don't have to pass block. Yep. As as, as long as they can just do like the wedge block with Mo Ibrahim, everything is fine. But yep. it, you know, usually about once a season, they suddenly find that they need to pass block, and they look like. They they generally the the offensive line gives off the air that they practice pass blocking once like in the second week of camp <laughs> and they're trying to remember it now. Which foot do I step with? Do I just go straight backwards or yeah. do I fan out? What do I do here? Right. It, it, it's definitely you know the the offensive line. For them, it's like the hill park on your driver's test. Mm-hmm. Like you did it once, and you're trying <laughs> yeah, to remember man. how you were supposed to do it, and then you rest your. Turn the wheels. Yeah, do I turn the wheel away or how do I do this? Um, to touch on receivers quickly, they got Brevin Spanford back for his 140th year tight end. He's gonna. People are saying he's the best gopher tight end since Matt Spafe. And what what is the one thing we know about Matt Spafe? Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. 
Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, You won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. I don't know where you're going. The correct answer I was looking for there was he's good in space. Oh, Oh, gosh. Shout out Noah. Show up, shout out Noah. Yeah, that's yeah. another inside joke for the three of us. Uh, our friend Noah always said he was good in space, and we I tried forgot to about that one. Thanks times. for bringing that up. I successfully uh, and a wide receiver had that leave my brain. Yeah, <laughs> a wide receiver. They got another Western Michigan transfer, Corey Crooms, which doesn't seem like a real name. I just want to say for the record, Corey Crooms sounds like the kind of name you'd make up when you're drunk. And Daniel Jackson, who caught a bunch of passes last year. After Chris Hoppin Bell, who's back for his seventh year, usually we're making this up. I'm not exaggerating there. This is seventh <laughs> year for Chris Hoppin Bell. Um, his, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly sure coming back this year. You know, he wasn't a transfer, but I'm fairly certain Fleck originally recruited him to Western Michigan before yeah, right? he took the Gophers job. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So there, there's <laughs> another there's another reason for the folks at Kalamazoo to be mad. And I just found out from prepping for this podcast that Michael Brown Stevens has transferred to a different school, which is disappointing because now the Gophers slash John Legend connection has been severed. <laughs> we'll never again oh, hear, hear what John Our Legend only celebrity connection. Football. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, it was John Legend and Shmuel. That were the only celebrities that were connected to Gopher football. And that was just that was yeah, just Shmuel. It's too bad. All the beat writers and sports editors have had to move on to pointing out that Jose Miranda is Lin-Manuel Miranda's cousin. Right. So I, I have a loose, loose tangent to John Legend Ooh. and the Michael Brown right. Stevens. As, as opposed I, to all yeah. the very tight tangents yeah. we've had I, so we've far. Been, I know, we've sorry. been keeping it together throughout yeah. this podcast into okay. hour I, number yeah. three here. I want to tell the story so you can, you can dock okay. me one week's pay, I guess, is okay. rubber man. Sounds but, good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I went to a John Legend concert uh, a little while ago. And what right. I learned early into that concert, how uninterested Ami was to learn of the fact that his nephew played for <laughs> Gophers. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, the, uh, I, it was not a smooth segue to have us discuss the gopher football season during the john legend concert so, uh, <laughs> so we'll be working throughout this podcast to give you more facts you can use to annoy your wife yeah during oh, i got things. all sorts of that yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys are at a taylor swift show and you're grabbing your wife <laughs> hey did you know the gophers have three transfers from western michigan this year <laughs> <laughs> yelling at oh. Taylor Swift. Do you think they have too many Western Michigan transfers? They also got UNC Charlotte's best receiver, which is interesting to me because I would not have thought UNC Charlotte played football. So there you go. 
so that's the offense. Do we have any more comments on the offense? I want to briefly touch on defensive stuff so we can get to the schedule so that we can keep this podcast under two hours. My one brief, my one brief comment on the offense is for all the digs at the passing, we should have a better quarterback and we should have better receivers than we've had. So I, and uh, we, I don't, I don't know. We if may or may not find be, out. <laughs> if we get a chance to throw, a we may find out, but uh, you know, hopefully we're more 2019 than, uh, I, than, uh, I love that you phrase that, that as if we get a chance to throw, like if they give <laughs> yeah. us one of the footballs, it's made out of a football and is not a block of ice. Then I guess we'll, I guess we'll have a chance to throw, but who knows whether yeah. we'll get the good football or not. It, uh, it is the truth, I guess. Yeah. 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 We, we've honestly, we've got somebody on the sideline like, we have to roll double sixes before we can throw. I'm sorry. <laughs> got the 20-sided die <laughs> playing D&D on the sideline. I cast boring offense. That was a D&D joke for all you nerds out there. I've never actually played D&D. All right, yeah, defense. I don't, I don't think it was a D&D joke. I don't, I don't know how Dungeons & Dragons work, I'm going to be honest No, neither you. do I. Um... <laughs> Are you, I mean, do you play as a dungeon or a dragon? Like, which one do you do? I don't I, understand. I, I like how you're making fun of Dungeons Dragons people for getting too yeah. far into the obscure things. <laughs> as we talk about former defensive coordinators <laughs> and where various gopher players transfer from. In hour number four of a gopher football broadcast, <laughs> where we're going position yeah. by position. And let's make fun of the nerds, everybody. Uh-huh. Those nerds yep. need to know how dumb they are. <laughs> All right. So the gopher, the gopher defense... My memory, I need you guys to correct this my this memory if it's wrong. My memory of last year's Gopher defense is they were good, but they never once sacked the quarterback or tackled anyone behind the line of scrimmage. Is that correct? Do I have 100% that right? Correct. One hundred percent. They haven't had a tackle for loss in the last, I think, eighteen seasons. Yeah. Ever <laughs> since who is who is that one defensive end they had was that was good that got drafted in like the first round? We're going back uh, to like two thousand here. Help me out. Uh, uh, Might have been a linebacker. Are we thinking of Willie Vandesteeg? I don't think I'm thinking of Willie Vandesteeg, but that's a good point. Karan Riley. Karan um, Riley. I think it was Karan Riley. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Boy, this is this is why you guys well, are I, on the podcast to help I, me remember I, some Gopher football guys. Yeah, Dave. Dave, you'll have to fact check me if you remember it, but I do think they were last in the Big Ten in sacks. They might have had twelve or. I can't remember the last. I can't remember the last time they had a sack. (laughs) Like they, they definitely occasionally somebody gets close to the quarterback and they have, they, they have literally missed the tackle on a potential sack. Their last 153 potential sacks. Yeah. Their conversion rate is 0% over Mm -hmm. the past five. So maybe the new D line coach will be the difference yeah i mean honestly maybe winston (laughs) i think you might cut out but it didn't really make a difference no it doesn't make it (laughs) oh darn it and yeah i it's just it's not a thing that they do but but usually (laughs) they miss the sack but then the quarterback winds up gaining like half a yard as as opposed to once upon a time, three guys would miss the tackle on the quarterback who would then run for a touchdown, like a 65-yard touchdown. So that's better. So 
yeah the uh the guy that I i've mean, been hearing the uh the 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 uh the fall camp hype guy i'm hearing is ja joiner is that his name ja, ja joiner that's a great name ja joiner yeah mm-hmm. so that's 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 the guy that we we need to be optimistic about for the uh the optimist he's the guy that, he's so. the guy that's going to rush the passer he's mm-hmm. the he's the pass rushing guy yeah, I like last year they had Thomas Rush on the defensive line, which is a good name for a defensive lineman. You have to say Tommy Rush. So Ja Joyner is the guy we're counting on here. Yes. All right. Um, then we also have a guy that I want to just mention his name. His name is Jalen Logan Redding, which just seems like too much name for a defensive lineman. <laughs> like that's that's a that's a quarterback name right there. That's maybe a kicker name. Jalen Logan Reddick, the double barrel hyphenated name just doesn't seem like it belongs on the belongs on the defensive line. That's all I'm saying. What is, is Joiner's been around here for a while, right? He's not a transfer. Not a transfer. Uh, not a transfer. No. Okay. Well, uh, again, I think he's a junior, you like a redshirt sophomore junior. So yeah, he's been been around for a while. Yeah. And then so. We're we're counting on him to rush the passer. We've got fourteen defensive tackles that are all five feet wide, but none of them can rush the passer either, right? Right. Probably not worth learning their names, huh? But again, it it's it it's not exciting, but it does seem to be working. Like I, I don't want to complain too terribly much about how the fact that the defensive front seven has a bunch of good players, but never anyone who's like really good because it is working. (laughs) Right. Then at linebacker, they have Cody Lindenberg, who everybody loves mostly because he just looks like a linebacker. You know what I, they had Mariano Sori Marin, who was again, a 15th year senior or whatever last year. He's finally gone. Well, now it's pretty much Cody Lindenberg and nothing, nothing in linebacker. Right? Mariano Sori Marin was like the only guy left in college football playing in a neck roll. Yeah. <laughs> we need more. We do need more neck rolls out of the linebacker. Part. I just want to say that it just, it seems right. And it, it, I feel like the neck roll just affected everything else you saw. Like he would run somebody down. I'm like, that can't be right. He's wearing a neck roll. What is, so I played football and I knew people who wore neck rolls. What is the point of the neck roll in football? I th- what I does think it to keep, keep from happening? I think it keeps your head from snapping back. Really? Yeah. It's just like a bumper for the back of your head? I think so. I don't know. I guess that makes sense. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've never thought about it till right now. So even like, you know, we're talking like the 1980s neck roll where it was literally literally just like a rolled up towel around your neck. That was to keep your neck I, from snapping back. I don't, uh, John. Everybody back then was on so many steroids. It was probably to keep <laughs> it your neck. Yeah. It was. Off. It was for the steroid sweat. Yeah. Why, why was Brian Bosworth wearing a neck roll? Probably his head would have shot off into space if he didn't have the neck roll on. <laughs> that was that was the era of the tearaway jerseys, where the big advancement was jerseys that were made out of Kleenex that. If you tried to grab them, they would tear away, and then you'd have to miss three plays while somebody found you another jersey because your jersey had disappeared. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I will say I don't backs... know other th- oh, other sorry. than Linderberg. I don't no problem. Other than Linderberg, I don't know any of the other linebackers. Like, I was just quick no. looking at the names. I don't know any of them. 
We've yeah. we've got Ryan Seelig, who's a transfer. I get no points for guessing where he transferred from. <laughs> Although I see that we had one, we had a linebacker who transferred to Western Michigan as well. So oh. possibly we traded one. <laughs> well, that's nice. Is that is that a thing? Can you do that in college football? Be like, hey, well, we'll trade you this guy. <laughs> Maybe. The old anyway. ten for one swap. Yeah. <laughs> the old Herschel Walker. Um <laughs> At cornerback, we still have Justin, Justin Wally, Justin Whaley. I can't remember how his name is pronounced. Anybody, got, I, anybody can help me out there. He's still around. He's I, good. I'm, I'm, I'm your brother. It's not like I'm going to be any help here. That's right. And we still have Tyler Newbin at safety. He's been around forever and he's good. He, I thought he was going to get drafted. He was. My memory he came back. The, why did he come back? I don't have any idea. Maybe he's the one who got the eighteen dollars in NIL money that the program has. <laughs> it's like, now, oh man, that's 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 three subs if I go on foot long for five dollars day. The NIL in Minnesota is just like gift certificates, <laughs> and All not right. like big ones. Who either. wants ten bucks off campus pizza? <laughs> well, I think those two guys you listed are two of the better secondary folks in the conference potentially they're They'll probably really, both really make first players. team all big dead but mm-hmm. <laughs> doesn't mean you can't make the nil joke i mean that preclude that make but, jokes about it but uh I, I i do think like again d-backs like uh we're probably in pretty good shape there so all right well, you know, one i think it's going to be the same defense as last year right we're, <laughs> yep. we're not going to sack anybody we're going to be pretty darn solid but it's just not going to be very flashy <laughs> just joe rossi blowing his whistle during practice hey don't go back there don't go in the backfield that's not where we go run along the line just mirror him mirror that running back till he crosses the line then you can hit him okay thanks coach seems to be working so i can't deny this all right one final question about positions do any do either of you know the name of the gopher kicker or the gopher punter or the gopher long snapper uh, well, not I the long snap. I just want to say this is this is not a quiz. I don't know the, any of the names. <laughs> Isn't the punter like thirty years old? Yes, like, yes, seriously. they have a they have a thirty year old Australian at punter. I'm pretty sure <laughs> he is in fact thirty. <laughs> I don't know all how right. that happens, but that's great. Yeah, it gives us all hope. And, and their kicker's name, and I'm not making this up, is Dragan Kisich. Dragon? Uh-huh. And I, I can't okay. understand why they didn't just change it to Dragon, because that would be cool. <laughs> um, But he, he's he been kick, the kickoff specialist for several years, but now they're going to let him try, like, field goals and extra points, which I really, like, I'm desperately hoping that he still takes, like, a nine-step kickoff run up to all the kick like they, the line just has to hold extra and he's going to try to boot it 85 yards no matter how close or far he is they snap the ball for an extra point and he's still standing back at like the 25 with his hand yeah <laughs> just runs up and absolutely nails it thing bounces off Mariucci arena between the names and the age, I'm a little concerned about the special teams right now. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, like, like you're worried they're going to be more focused on their pension than playing this year? Or? <laughs> we we couldn't bring in some like uh, some like just a run of the mill three star recruit to to kick, but uh, yeah, I don't I don't I don't know. 
I was also surprised when I looked at the depth chart, uh, how much depth we have at kicker. There's like three different names <laughs> listed for place kicker. I thought you just keep one. Yeah. <laughs> so what are the chances that any of those guys actually exist? Yeah, that's true. It's like AI generated. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, we got Bob kicker. Yeah. I, I do miss Kemp, that's that clearly made up. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> the last, that's I, all I'm saying is the last two guys on the depth chart are the first two guys on Western Mis- Michigan's depth chart, a kicker. I do miss like uh, under Jerry kill, they would have several punters on the roster and they just give them all the same number. So you never really knew who was going out to punt because they were all like number 37. Hey, punter, get in there. Yeah. Which punter do you want? It doesn't matter. He's still just screaming. I don't care. I don't care which one goes out there. Just someone go out there. All right. That's the Gopher football team. We named several guys. We we remembered some guys. Did we, we named about... Maybe less than one percent of the roster. Yeah, yeah we, we, well, we named we named more guys who were on the roster twenty five years ago than we named guys who are on the roster. Yeah, so now. this has been yeah. very helpful for those of you who are looking by a position mm-hmm. uh, for a position by position breakdown. The schedule breakdown. I do know the names of almost all of these schools, so that's really going to help us. Just to note, they got twelve game schedule. Nine of them are Big Ten games again this year. Five of those are at home. Four are on the road. Uh, their non-conference games are home against Eastern Michigan and home against Louisiana, which they should win both of those, right? Like, it's not really a question. Yes, although Eastern Michigan is better than they used to be. How like good the, were they? How good did they used to be? Well, they they used to be possibly the worst team in Division One, and they, they are, are Division not, One, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, they're still Division One. They are not that anymore. What's Eastern Michigan's nickname? I feel like I know the nickname of every other directional school. I think they're the Eagles. Eastern Michigan Eagles we're going with. Western Michigan's the Broncos. Central Michigan's the the the, the Chippewas. Yeah, I it think is that's the, right. it is the Eagles, Dave. You're right. Yeah, right. good job, Dave. That's right. right. So those are their two home non-conference games. Their away non-conference game is North Carolina, who's actually really good, right? Yes, they have. A potential Heisman winner at quarterback. So yeah, are they good see... other than that quarterback? Like, well, they're, they're they're generally pretty good. I don't think their defense is all that great, but I think their offense is pretty good. Is Mac Brown still their coach? Yes. Yeah. Well, so the third week of the season, they still could be doing the Mac Brown slide at the start of the year. I think. I you think it know. goes the other way. Unfortunately, I think that they start out hot and then. You look at you're like, hey, wasn't North Carolina good? And you look and they're like five and six somehow, gotcha. with all of the losses being by three points. Do you, well, I, I mean, say... do you guys for? Oh, go ahead, John. No, go ahead, Will. For a non-conference schedule, like um, you know, usually we just play three directional schools and and call it a day. Do you like that we're playing like an actual team? Yes, I think it's the greatest thing ever. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I. Yeah. I don't know if I don't know if you guys knew this, but I'm going to the game in North Carolina too. This is my That's first exciting. ever go nice. football road game. And you couldn't pick a better rival than to go and watch them play against North Carolina. Their historical it's, football rival. That 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 <laughs> classic football atmosphere, North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. I assume at some point I'm gonna see Lawrence Taylor and he's gonna try to punch me. 
that is a thing that probably will happen. I can't think of anybody else who ever played football in North Carolina. I'm going to be honest with you. You got any other names for me? Gary Stackhouse. Gary Stackhouse. Julius, Pe- Julius Peppers. Oh, yeah. Julius oh, yeah, Peppers. Julius he was in North Carolina. Good one, Shmuel. Mm, this is why Shmuel is here, to remember yeah, some just, guys. Just that. Just remember that North Carolina been, guys. I've been right. waiting for an hour to, to see if I could work in yeah. Julius Peppers. Yeah, <laughs> well, there's a legal pad, and all that's written on it is <laughs> Julius Peppers. Exclamation <laughs> point. Underline, underline. Must mention. Underline, underline, underline. <laughs> All right, Big Ten schedule. They're home against Nebraska. They're home against Michigan. They're home against Michigan State, Illinois, and Wisconsin. That's not, I mean, in terms of fan interest, that's not terrible. They have Wisconsin at home. Michigan will get a lot of people. Nebraska, they say it's a sellout, but of 50,000 seats, I got to imagine 30,000 are sold to Nebraskans because that's usually what happens when Nebraska plays here. Mm -hmm. So those three games in terms of fan interest, not terrible. And Illinois, Michigan State are both winnable, but those teams are both okay, right? Yeah. Illinois and Michigan State aren't bad. And Illinois is, you know, still being coached by Burt Bielema, who (laughs) you you will hear many times in the run-up to the game, the Gophers have never beaten. They've never beaten Bielema? Not once. Oh, man. Last year was going to be the year, and then they lost by, I think, 21. And he looks so much like Garth Brooks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so the the game, uh, we, we have said several times already, they're going to lose to Michigan. They should beat Nebraska. And then the other three mm. home games. I, I think they're going to be, they're favored by about a touchdown against Nebraska, but that's not should beat. That's Oh, that's might, not should beat? That's might beat. Might beat. Like, they like are def- favored to beat Nebraska. Like definitely they'll be slightly favored against Nebraska and Illinois, but not by so much that it would be like crushingly disappointing if they lose. The yeah. the only Big Ten game that is in like the should win category is Northwestern. Which and that's because as far as right, but as far as I know, like Northwestern currently does not have a coach or any players. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what status their team is in mm-hmm. right now. So they got five home the- games. Sorry, go ahead, Jamal. I was I was going to say for the opener of Nebraska, I feel like, yeah, I feel like that's going to be a close one. First of all, you have no yeah. idea. It's a new coaching staff. You right. have no idea what they're running on offense or defense. They really run a weird defense. They run, run the three three five. Their D coordinator came from Syracuse. If you remember from the uh, the bowl game last year, I don't. And so I don't feel like running a three three five against Minnesota is a good idea. <laughs> Either, but uh but uh like, yeah i uh, just coach, i just think it'll be a weird game yeah what do we do when they put that fourth tight end in coach do we <laughs> do we cover him or do we back off into sort of a cover four yeah. look i think there are like only a couple teams in college football that play this defense now at this point so yeah i i think again i think it'll be kind of like uh you know it'll be a difficult game and just uh for anyone that cares uh, you know Matt Rule is, uh, he's very similar to PJ Fleck. He says elite all the time, like when he does okay. press conferences. He talks about being a developmental program. Oh, and, uh, oh, I bet the Nebraska that. fans love that. <laughs> yeah. So they're, uh, he's, he's got a, he's got, got some similar, similar vibes to, to, to Fleck. So, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I don't know if that's, uh, it's probably good or bad, depending on what your opinion on Fleck <laughs> is, but yeah. 
I think Nebraska fans are still like, what we need is steroids and partial qualifiers and a lot of convicted criminals. And that is what will get us back to the heights. Those were the good old days for them. Yeah. Uh (laughs) So looking at the away schedule, they're at Northwestern, which you're telling me they should win. They're at Mm -hmm. Iowa, a place they haven't won since the dawn of time. They're at Ohio State, a place they have no chance of ever winning. When was the last time they won at Ohio State? 2000? Uh, the 50s, I think. No, didn't they win there? Too? Didn't they win? Oh, yeah, no. Fred, yeah, 2000, they won at Ohio State. And before that, it might that, be before World War II. Yeah, the 30s. Yeah, that must be the only one. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they're at Purdue. And Which, Purdue is terrible? Or is Purdue Pur- a Purdue has, Purdue has a new coaching staff. Um, but. They don't the have the Gulf... guy with the mustache anymore. What was his name? Joe Wilford Tiller. Grimley. No, that Joe was... Tiller. That was, <laughs> was that like You're talking five... a few coaches. That was again ago. twenty. That, that was twenty years ago. Uh, <laughs> so you, you guys want to hear my? You guys want to hear my 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 random Purdue story? Yes, it Purdue is. coaching staff story. <laughs> yep. How could we not want to hear that? Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try and keep, I'm just going to try and keep this as short as I can. I was yeah. I was playing basketball by myself when my girls were at gymnastics class, and I was like by a softball field, and a gentleman comes over and he asks, "Hey, can I shoot with you?" And uh, so we start shooting baskets and start talking, and I'm talking about football, and you know, and he was asking me my opinion about PJ Fleck and the Gophers. So of course, I was like, you know, singing their praises <laughs> well, and talking. Was about he all was this he stuff. really schmoo, or do you just like? Yeah. He said <laughs> I, hello. I, he was. He was clearly making conversation and being nice, which was okay. nice, which is great. Then eventually I got around to being, hey, what do you, you know, what do you do? And he's like, I'm a football coach. I'm like, oh, that's that's interesting. Like, where do you coach at? He's like, last year I coached at Purdue. I was like, <laughs> oh, this is very interesting. And I just started, I was talking to you about football for the last 10 minutes, not knowing you were a football coach. And I'm sure you're just laughing at like this guy that thinks that he knows something about football is talking to me <laughs> about all this stuff. So it uh it turns out he was the secondary coach for Purdue last year. All right. Uh, he like he played uh he played corner at Ohio State and played in the NFL and all this stuff and he was just visiting a friend that was uh um uh, that was uh lives in San Diego where I live and they were just at the daughter's softball practice. So yeah, so I I was like uh it was very interesting. I'm like you don't lead with that that you played in the NFL and that you're uh college football coach and you just hear me babbling about pj fleck and all this random bs but uh yeah so uh that was a really random uh random connection but yeah he didn't move over like that staff went to louisville i guess purdue's old staff and he didn't go over there so that's my that's my purdue story very random Purdue right. story so, so what can this you tell t- us this about lets purdue's you know that secondary what in- inside in what inside information did you get for us Oh, I, yeah, I have no insight to offer that, <laughs> my, that I offering you a mildly, maybe at best story, <laughs> uh, entertaining story. And uh, so yeah, it was, what I'm it was hearing is that Louisville's it. quarterbacks could struggle this year without the yeah, same position. They, they've, lost the, they've, lo- they've lost the coach. And uh, yeah, the other part is he was a very, very nice guy, clearly to yeah. like deal with me talking about <laughs> over football and all this stuff. So, uh, do, we, do we know this man's name or is he just? We No. Yeah. His name is Ashton Yabuti. Oh, I vaguely yeah. remember that name. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad it's, he's it's a very nice man. It's a legit story. It's a legit mm-hmm. story. I, it's too random to make up. <laughs> uh, if yeah. if you had made up that story, I would recommend professional help of some kind. <laughs> yeah. It also shows don't don't say no to anyone that that wants to uh, play basketball with you, even if you mm-hmm. even if you don't feel like socializing with anyone right then. Yeah. What would what would it might be Ashton Djibouti? <laughs> what would the therapist say if Shmuel had made that story up? Well, he's got delusions of. Does he have delusions of grandeur? No, it doesn't rise that high. <laughs> delusions of, of delusions me- of remembering a guy, remembering mediocre things that yeah, yeah. That no I saw. Really cares I saw about. Kevin McReynolds in the drive-through <laughs> Burger King. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I don't know if I can quite call it a celebrity sighting, but uh, yeah, so, so yeah, yeah. So in in conclusion, we should be fine. Yeah, go for right. should be fine. Yeah, I want I want some predictions. We've gone down the schedule. I want some predictions for the number of Gophers wins we're gonna we're gonna see this year. I'm still thinking about mine, so I, I need you to go crazy one way or the other, so I can be the voice of reason in the middle. I think that's exactly me and Dave's role, so that should be perfect. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. So Shmuel, Dave, talk about how Dave, many you think. Talk about okay. how many games you think the Gophers are going to win, so that we can establish what the high the high end for the Gophers is. I have them winning every game on the schedule minus Ohio State and Michigan. Okay. So what what is that? What does that get us? That'd ten be and ten two. and two. Ten and ten two. And that's, two. Uh, that's probably some, some impressive optimism. I got to say that's a, yeah. I would say probably more realistic optimist is we lose one other game. So I'm I'm going to go nine and <laughs> nine and three, <laughs> nine and three in total. <laughs> thinking that we might lose another one in there. Cultural cultural Listen, sustainability. I don't want to be too crazy. Boat, I'm gonna pre- Skyuma. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to predict Minnesota to win nine games against the second hardest schedule in the country. Second most opportunistic schedule. Second, oh, second no. most full of opportunistic elves. <laughs> yeah, I I gotta go full blown optimism because I know what Dave's Dave's gonna bring the thunder right after me. <laughs> All right, so uh, here, Dave. <laughs> uh, on the other side of the coin, but yeah, I I, I got that. Obviously, a lot of lot of close games, but uh, I'm uh, I'm I'm liking where the program's at. Again, nine or ten wins the last three years, right? And uh, you know, we'll hopefully hopefully we we have a a good season again nine wins with this schedule would really be really be something so dave, right, dave. if you didn't pa- dave if you didn't pass out i guess you're next <laughs> Get us to the hot one. <laughs> yeah, that's too much optimism i'm, I'm hyperventilating <laughs> right now i can't do it no i think i think i think if they win six games that actually would be a decent result against this schedule like really? i think you know there's three games they should win there's kind of, you know, there's five games they probably won't win, and there's four that are toss-ups. So win three of the four toss-ups, that's not a bad season. Dave, right. have you ever predicted the Gophers to win more than six games? Um, I think maybe the year they didn't play, I think that maybe the year they played like Rutgers and Indiana and a bad Maryland team, I might have <laughs> predicted seven. <laughs> All right, so we have one ten and two or nine and three at the worst. We've got Dave saying six and six, but it's a good six and six. So right. I'm just gonna land right in the middle. I'm gonna say eight and four. They got three games they won't win, and then they got a bunch of toss ups and they're gonna win all but one of them. No, I'm gonna say they're gonna win all the toss ups and then they're gonna lose one that they have no business losing, like Northwestern. 
What's the third unwinnable? At Iowa. They haven't won there. Iowa. So. Oh, God. That's so painful that that's the Hayden, unwinnable. Gosh. Hayden Fry's first season. They beat Iowa on the road, and that was the last time. Kinnick Stadium was just a bunch of folding chairs along the side of the field the last time they won there. On a scale of 1 to 10, how how excited are you guys for college football slash go for football season? Well, Ooh. after this podcast, at least 11 out of 10, maybe 12. <laughs> yeah. Correct answer. I, I, I am afraid that we've made everyone listening to this less excited for college football. I, <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing about being a gopher football fan. Like, there are all these places around the country where going to the game is like a celebration. And then you got the PJ Fleck gophers running the ball 48 times a game and trying to shorten the game as pop. It's just like, the fans are excited, but going into the games is like, well, you got to paint your face. It's war paint time. We're going to go and watch to struggle in the trenches. If you if your voicemail message is from John Facenda on NFL Films, you love gopher football. Uh, all right. That is what I wanted to hear. And, you know, we've reached the three-hour mark successfully. So <laughs> the... the the other remaining go for football sickos. There's got to be a few. I hope there's at least one other one that listens to this podcast because <laughs> it would be, I mean, it would be appropriate, but it would also be a little bit of a shame if it was literally just the three of us that would ever listen to this. The, the, we we have made a podcast that very much is a niche audience of only us. Yeah. Well, you know, that's what we do. That's what we do here at the sportive. All right. I want to say thanks to Dave. I want to say thanks to Shmuel. Thanks for, Thanks for humoring me, guys. Thanks for being here. I didn't get yelled at on this podcast nearly as much as I usually do. And for that, I, I just have to say that I appreciate you. We're, we're here to help. <laughs> Thanks a lot, a lot guys. It's a lot, lot of, of fun. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.